this is quite a, a fascinating story and its mystery officially came to an end at an inquest in County Mead earlier this week. Uh, 31 years ago, a 51-year-old man from Mount Charles in County Donegal went missing. He was Paul McGinty. He'd been working in Coventry in England and no trace of him had been found in that time. Uh, what we know now, uh, due to quite extraordinary set of circumstances is that Paul's body had lain in an unidentified grave in County Mead for all of those 31 years. But this week he was officially identified. Uh, to tell us more about the story, we're joined by well-known RT journalist Barry Commons of Primetime, who's been a champion, and we've talked to him before on the programme a couple of times, he's been a champion of trying to have unidentified bodies in Ireland identified. Barry, you're welcome and thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about Paul McGinty of Mount Charles. Paul McGinty from Mount Charles, County Donegal. He left Ireland as a young man, went to England. Um, and like so many other Irish men, he was working on the building sites in England. He settled in London, first of all. So he was gone from Ireland by the 60s, uh, settled over there, eventually moved to Coventry. Now, he was only 51 years old now when he vanished from Coventry in 1991. He was part of the big Irish community there. He had many friends Many people knew him. And one day he just vanished. And he left all his belongings. He paid his rent, but he was gone. And that was the 8th of April, 1991. And we did hear from an inquest in County Mead uh, this week that the police in Coventry didn't seem too concerned about Paul McGinty at that time because well, he was an adult. He was entitled to go wherever, but that there was no foul play in his disappearance, and, and there wasn't. Uh, but there was no real concern for him. Uh, and he was just gone. We now know that he actually ended up in County Mead. And there's no rhyme or reason as to why a Donegal man, Paul McGinty, ended up in County Mead, but he did. And uh, a number of people would remember seeing him in April of 1991 in Dunboyne, in Retote, in Bracetown, in Clanee. He went to a GAA match in Dunboyne. He went to a pub in Retote. He was chatting with people. He was living rough for those few days, and then he was found dead. There was no suspicious circumstances involved uh, in, in his death, uh, but he was, he was dead within a few days of coming to County Mead. Mm. And uh, there he would rest in a cemetery in Navan, yeah. unidentified and, 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 for yeah. 30 years. An unmarked grave as such. It was yeah. a small stone for 30 years yeah. Until, yeah. until last year, uh, Barry. Yeah. So what happened last year to... To, to restart the case. A cold case review was carried yeah, out. Cold, right? That's it. And, and you and I have spoken about um, yeah. unidentified bodies many a time. Um, and there's, there are some up in the northwest of Ireland as well. But the, the, this involves Gardy taking an interest in the case and the right people in the right place at the right time. And we heard evidence uh, of that Gardy investigation this week at the inquest. Detective Sergeant Lee Gavin outlined how he and his colleagues went back over the case and they started at the start and that's actually what led to the solving of it. They went back and looked at the original file and they saw that the original Gardaí in 1991 had taken photographs of the unidentified man's body when he was found and thankfully, for many reasons, thankfully, uh, Paul McGinty's body had been found very soon after he had passed away and Gardaí took photographs of the body including of his close-up images of his face. And this then allowed 30 years later the Gardaí to say, well, hang on, let's do an artist's impression. Uh, yeah. We have skilled forensic artists who can 
recreate his image, that they knew he had brown hair, that he had receding hair, but he had brown eyes, he had, they could tell his dental work. So they, in a sense, brought him alive through this image that many people will have seen. And that's what worked, because they, they'd exhumed his body as well to try and get DNA, and they couldn't. This was one of those seldom cases where DNA couldn't be extracted from the body. And we hear that this can happen, but it's the yeah. exception to the rule. Most exhumations do lead to DNA. But this was a case where DNA didn't solve it at all. Yeah. It was an artist's impression, which maybe which through the, the good work of the artist and the, 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 the good work of the guards back in 91 taking the photographs um, yeah. actually led to a, a, a very good likeness of who the man was, of Paul McGinty. Which, which was broadcast on Crime Call uh, yeah. subsequently, isn't that right? Yeah, and that's the thing. You have to get the right, like the right things at the right time. There was a good yeah. bit of good guard work gone into that. But what you needed was somebody to recognise the image, and that's what happened because Michael Leonard up in County Donegal was sitting down watching Crime Call that night. This image was broadcast up on the screen, and Michael knew immediately that was Paul McGinty, and he knew that his, that Michael's own brother John had lived in Coventry, uh, and John knew Paul McGinty and so Michael spoke to his brother and then Michael went to Paul McGinty's sister Eileen and showed her the image uh, of of this sketch and Eileen then knew immediately that that was her brother Paul who she hadn't seen or heard from in over 30 years and um, she is the surviving sibling she was at the inquest this week in in Trim in County Mead Uh, she's one of a family of nine Two two girls, seven boys, and she now knows that that her a younger brother Paul, uh, what happened to him? We'll never know how he ended up or why yeah. in County Mead, but we do know. Thankfully, we we know in this case what happened to Paul McGinty. It is quite a fascinating story, but as, as you point out in your your own article this week, Barry, um, there are uh, twenty seven unidentified cases still. Uh, live yes. uh, and un, un, unsolved here in Ireland, including, as you say, some here in the northwest, which you've spoken about before. Yeah. Uh, but 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 this is um, this is a positive development, isn't it? In the the ongoing. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's it, although there's many tragic elements to yeah, it, and it, yeah, it's course. very sad to think of Paul McGinty for 31 years lying unidentified and no marking on his grave for quite some time. It's actually I would turn it into a positive. And having met the McGinty family and met his sister Eileen, that the, the, the they're so thankful that the case is solved, and they take all the positives from it, and it does help to highlight the other cases, and those other twenty-seven cases that that, that you, you talk about there, Niall, that's the tip of the iceberg, based on the research I've done. They're the official figures right now because the Department of Justice has asked coroners right throughout the country to go through their files. Many of them are paper files. So before digitization, go back to the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, check your files, check the previous coroner's files. Are there any unidentified bodies in the, these districts? So the coroners have come back with this figure of 27. That's the initial trawl. But now the department has asked them to, to go back again and go back again. So I already know that in the, the, the official figures that will come out next year will be higher than that 27 because the department has told me already that, yes, they've been told of more cases. So this is a, a body of work that's going to be done throughout the country by all the coroners 
that this figure will increase. But as it increases, cases will be solved because there are hundreds upon hundreds of missing people in this country and some of those cases will be matched to some of the unidentified bodies. But others may be people who came to visit Ireland. There may be people reported missing in the UK or in one of uh, the other European countries or beyond, um, that there may be people anywhere else wondering where their loved one is, and they may lie unidentified uh, in any part of the country. And we've spoken about the, the, the man in Leitrim from yeah, 1986. Yeah, absolutely, we have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is still an active case. A lot of work gone into that. And um, there are other cases as well. I don't know the precise detail, but the Department of Justice told me last night that there are unidentified bodies in Mayo, Sligo, Donegal and Leitrim among the 10 counties throughout the country where, where there are unidentified bodies. So I think we're, we're all going to start asking more questions as to, well, tell us the detail. What decades are we talking about? Mm. And get people talking because these cases can be solved. And I've no doubt that some will. And that Paul McGinty is just one of those cases uh, where he has now got his name back. And there are many others that could get their name back. Um, but it, I think it does involve that good investigative work, good reporting. Uh, the television worked in this case with, with the crime call appeal. But you also need that bit of luck. You needed Michael Leonard sitting down and watching the telly at that moment to see that sketch, to say, I know that man. And that's the little bit of luck. So we need to keep keep talking about the cases, keep reporting, because we will hit on people who do have the answers if we keep at it. And there's nothing better in terms of a, a case being solved after 31 years. Yeah. The enormity of that. And I was just thinking there, now that, say, the guards investigating the case now who solved it, many of them were just kids, if they were even born, when Paul McGinty passed away in 1991. And they're the people who are taking on these cases. They have a huge interest. And, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a professional satisfaction in solving a case. But on a human level, the good they have done for the McGinty family up in Donegal by solving that is, it's just, it's, it's beyond words, I think. And as Barry Commons was explaining on our programme, the turning point in this uh, case was an appeal on the RT programme Crime Call uh, for information on uh, the, the, uh, the, the man whose body was found in Mead and a man called Michael Leonard was watching Crime Call that night and recognised the man as Paul McGinty from Mount Charles whom we work with in Coventry and Michael Leonard has been speaking to our reporter Catherine Gaffney about what happened. I wouldn't have known him all that personally but my brother John would have been the one who would have known him personally. But that night that it was shown on Crime Call, I would have known Paul. And when that appeared on the screen that night, Paul McGinty just jumped out at me. And I was 99% sure of who it was. So I couldn't get this out of my head. And uh, I got up the next morning and I uh, Googled it. And got all the details up on my phone. Took a screenshot of the uh, photograph that was up on the on the TV the night before. And went down to my brother and uh, started discussing it. Now, he kind of dismissed it at the beginning. But the more we spoke about it, and the more he looked at it, and he was starting to come up with all 
most of the details that was uh, what we done, like, you know. And in terms of those uh, details, Michael, that you and your brother compiled, obviously your brother knew him better, but uh, you all worked in Coventry at one time. No, I never worked in Coventry. I was never in Coventry. But I would have been over in Coventry visiting when I met Paul, knew Paul from home as well. And all down the 30 years, uh, we always spoke about him. It always come up in conversation, you know, where he was, where did he go to? Is he still living? And etc. you know. And at that time, was your brother and other people, obviously Irish people living in Coventry, quite shocked at his disappearance? Oh, without a doubt. Oh, without a doubt. Because they were out playing cards that day in the pub. And uh, he, uh, my brother dropped him off at his uh, accommodation. And seems... That night, or the next morning, he left the house, left the key of the door on the mantelpiece, left his uh, money for his rent, walked out the door, pulled the door after him, disappeared. We know that Paul left then for County Meath, but it's not known why he left. No. That would be the mystery, you see, why he ended up in County Meath. What my thinking would be is that he wanted to go to Ireland. Uh, maybe he knew something, I don't know. Why he didn't come to Donegal, I suppose we'll never know. But the bottom line here is, you know, that the body's been found, he's been identified. It is a great relief for Eileen. Our only, his only sister, and it's closure for her, like, you know. In the days and weeks and even years following his disappearance, how did the people feel who knew Paul as it relates to the investigation by the police in England? Well, I, to be honest, I don't think the police took it serious over there. Um, he was reported missing okay, but uh, I don't think they took it too serious, you know, because probably he was Irish, it was 1991. Um, I don't think they actually took it serious, to be honest with you. If possibly Paul would have been reported missing in Ireland, maybe something might have came from it, you know, when this body was found two weeks later. Nobody knows, like, or I don't know, you know. It does seem, without a doubt, that Gardaí carried out a major effort to identify uh, his remains. Oh, without a doubt. But um, as far as I know, they got on to Interpol. But, I mean, Interpol had no missing people, a person in England, Irish, missing. Maybe it was never recorded. I don't know, like, you know. Do you think that his sister Eileen lost hope over the years of ever finding answers? I would say without a doubt, yes. Um, I would be uh, somebody that would call and Eileen maybe two to three times a week. We used to speak about it. But of course that mystery was always there, you know. Is he living? Is he dead? Where did he go? 
And that unknown was there all the time, you know. And did you think about it often yourself, Michael, over the years? Oh, she said. Uh, myself and my brother John, Martin in London, when we used to meet up, we used to always speak about it. He never ever left our minds, like, you know. Um, because <clears throat> my brother would have been very close with him. He was contracting in Coventry at the time. Paul would have worked with him. So, I mean, that mystery, that where did he disappear to? Is he still living? That was always there, you know. But I suppose as the years went on, we figured, you know, that it's quite possible that he is dead somewhere, like, you know. So you sat down to watch the primetime report on RTE. Uh, tell us about that evening. Um, I would normally watch it, you know. Um, that particular evening, I wasn't all that interested in it, to be honest with you. But um, I just I recall them talking about this body that they exhumed down in somewhere in County, outside of Navan. And that uh, this body was found 30 years previous. They had reopened the case. Um, so they got this artist's impression and to do an artist's impression of the photographs that they had. And uh, just when they showed the photograph on the screen, that's when I just... He jumped out at me as mother of God, this is, that's Paul McGinn. And how did you feel? Well, you must have been shell-shocked. Well, that's for sure. Um, I couldn't get out of my head all night, to be honest with you. And as I said, I got up in the morning and I Googled it, Prime Call, and I got this up online. I took a screenshot of the portrait I wrote down all the details and that's when I went then to visit my brother and to find out if he was watching it last night, the night as well, like, you know, and uh, like his wife said, the world was watching it. And, uh, I said to her, I said, did you see that portrait that they showed? And she said, she did. And I said, who did it look like? But she says, I said to John, that looks like Paul McGinty. But like he kind of just dismissed it like, you know. So you kept the pressure on, you knew, you knew it was Paul? I suppose I was 99% sure, you know. And I wasn't going to let it go, so we just sat down and um, John, fair play to him, has a, had a good memory. He was fit to uh, remember when he left England, because he had moved back to Ireland probably 20 years ago, so he was still in England 10 years after Paul went missing. Well, he could remember it was around Easter time, I think, that he went missing. So he could remember a lot of stuff. We were fit to sit down then and we were fit to put all the different dates together, you know, and I think it might have been a week or two weeks in between from when he went missing until the body was found, you know. So there was too many dots connecting and I said to John I said Jesus I says, we're going to have to ring this in you know this information but I wouldn't wasn't going to do it until I went to visit uh, Eileen 
that's Paul's sister. So I went to Eileen then, I think it might have been on the Saturday or Sunday, and I said to Eileen, I said, I want to show you something that I have on my phone. Never mentioned nothing. So I handed over the phone to her, and when she looked at it, Jesus, she says, that's our Paul. So I told her the story, and I asked her for her permission if it would be okay for I to ring Crime Paul and report it. And how do you feel, Michael, now, after you and your brother's work and determination in contributing to effectively solving this case? You must feel relieved, but there also must be a sense of, of sadness there and, of course, closure. Well, I did, you know. It's very hard to talk about, you know. But now you and your brother and, of course, Eileen and Paul's extended family do have that closure. It must bring some solace to you all. Well, that it is. That it is. And look, at, you know, the most important thing is Eileen, you know, she's the last remaining member of her family. And, like, for 30 years, she didn't know where her brother was. And... Now she has closure on it. She has a grave. Okay, it's down in Meath, near Navan. But at least it's closure for her as well, you know.